everybody, welcome back to the Baldi's Deliberations. Just want to say up front, I, once again, it's his first time joining us. This is not required watching or listening. Uh, this is all just something that me and Jim have to do to do the Baldies. Uh, so, you know, to produce the thing that's actually intended for people to watch and listen to the Baldies award ceremony. Uh, that should be linked at some point in the content you are watching, like in the show notes or in the YouTube description. Uh, so if you just want to know who won and our thoughts behind the winners and the best of television and movies uh, and acting in 2020, check out that award ceremony. But if you do want to do a deep dive into the decisions we made and the often agonizing choices that we have to do between very, very fantastic work, uh, by all means, uh, check it out. We have a category today uh, that we are going to be delivering over the best male actor. And before we begin, I just want to say that, like, I thought I was on some pretty progressive shit when we did best male actor, best female actor, eschewing the uh, (laughs) actor and actress uh, uh, categories. and only to find myself six, so what, what, five, five years later that female has had a distinctively pharyngi- pharyngeal uh, pronunciation <laughs> to it nowadays. Uh-huh. And the fact that, like, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are lying betwixt these categories. They're starting to do good work in Hollywood. Uh, what what do you do with a person who says, I am neither male nor female. Uh, I do not respect traditional gender norms or. You know, it's, it's easy to have a, a person who's a trans woman or a trans man. You just put them in the category that they identify with. But when someone says that they are, I was just watching John Wick three and, you know, the main kind of bad, vil, the, 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 the middle management of the table is a non-binary uh, person. Let's say that they did excellent work one year and got to the top of an acting category. What the fuck do. And, and. Do you, I mean, the dilemma here is if you just abolish the categories and just have best actor sure. because of other things in society, I think that tra- men, traditionally masculine men are going to destroy that category, like just clean it up because a lot of the serious role, like most of the serious roles, a lot of the stars, a lot, everything seems to go, you know, toward towards men. And that's just the way the deck is stacked. So I, I'm not. I'm not saying anything other than like, I, I, yeah, I, I, I predict this being a problem in the years to come and fuck it. Why not? Why not talk about it now? Um, in the meantime, we're still going to have the male and female. Uh, if anyone has suggestions that would, um, you know, not, not essentially guarantee a unbroken win of men for the Baldies for the next, uh, I don't know, 10 years, uh, send it in host to bald All right. That said, said that best male actor <laughs> uh this is gonna be a tough one uh the, these bigger categories always are right like best male and female actor best drama uh because there's a lot of competition and so many of them are so good and i think as we go down this list you'll see that we have a work cut out for us uh narrowing it down should i go ahead and just read off the uh contestants Sure, contestants is what I'm calling them. Yeah, just kind of like brief. Like uh, right at first, we're just gonna tell you who they are and what they played on what show. Yeah, and then we're going to get into like what their merits are. The, but the first, here are the contestants in no particular order. Uh, Jude Law, literally, as, <laughs> as the young pope in the new pope. <laughs> okay, 
already confused. John Malkovich <laughs> as the new pope in the new pope. Mm-hmm. Silvio Orlando as Cardinal Voyello in the new pope. Jonathan Majors. Also known as the old pope in the new pope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Jonathan Majors as Atticus Freeman in Lovecraft Country. Michael K. Williams as Montrose Freeman in Lovecraft Country. Jude Law as Sam in the third day. Jude, Jude Law sneaking Double on this list twice. On the Jude Law. Oh my God. He's, he's playing the leftovers game. Does he win by default and we can just be done with this category? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, in the third day, just as Sam, I guess. He only has one name. Carl Urban as Billy Butcher in The Boys Season 2. Anthony Starr as Homelander in The Boys Season 2. Laz Alonzo as Mother's Milk in The Boys Season 2. Giancarlo Esposito as Stan Edgar in The Boys Season 2. Nick Offerman as Forrest in Devs. Ed Harris as Old William in Westworld Season 3. Aaron Paul as Caleb Nichols in Westworld Season 3. Chris Rock as Loy Cannon in Fargo Season 4. Ben Wishaw as Rabbi Milligan in Fargo Season 4. Morgan Spector as Herman Levin, I think, in The Plot Against America. John Turturro as Rabbi Bengelsdorf in The Plot Against America. Anthony Boyle as Alvin Levin in The Plot Against America. Francesco Acquaroli as Ebel Villante in Fargo Season 4. Glenn Turman as Dr. Senator in Fargo Season 4. Ethan Hawke as John Brown in The Good Lord Bird. Joshua Caleb Johnson as Onion in The Good Lord Bird. Mark Proch? Proch? I don't know how to say that. As Colin Robinson in What We Do in the Shadows. Matt Berry as Laszlo in What We Do in the Shadows. Wes Chatham as Amos Burton in The Expanse Season 5. Keon Alexander as Marco Inaros in The Expanse Season 5. Josiah Chase Owens as Philip Inaros in The Expanse Season 5. Brent Sexton as Sin in The Expanse Season 5. Nicholas Holt as Peter III in The Great. It's an expanse show. Sounds pretty good. Uh, has a lot of, yeah. a lot of good, good acting in it. Um, what got, what got okay. the most here? Is it the boys? I think the boys has the most nods. Do they really? Yeah. Four. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Just a um, curiosity. Okay. So are we going to do our standard, send them to the top, let them float, send them to the bottom? Sure. How do you feel okay. about Jude Law? Send him to the top. I mean, <laughs> I'd send him to the top. He's already there, so I guess we're gonna let him float. Which which, per, which is, performance? Uh, well, I mean, we're 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 at the tippy top. We're starting to young pope. So, okay. Uh, Jude Law is a young pope. Yeah. <laughs> I want Jude Law to beat Jude Law for this category. <laughs> Jude Law takes on Jude Law. The uh, most Jude Law role ever. That's more of a John Malkovich thing. John Malkovich takes on John Malkovich. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of, I mean, I'm fine. Like this was a, a another excellent performance. I didn't like it quite as much as uh, uh, Pope Lenny, okay. uh, Pope Pius. Um, but still, like, if this show continues, like my expectations were each year, their their Pope has to be unconventional and extravagant in a completely different kind of way. And I felt like John Malkovich did that. Had big shoes to fill with Jude Law, you know, didn't quite completely fill them, but also gave us a lot of other much more a, a vulnerable, um, um, openly vulnerable Pope. So. Uh, to the top or just leave him where he is, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't think I don't I don't think he goes to the top, but he, he stays right where he's at. How about Voyello, Silvio Orlando? 
Man, so this guy. I mean, he kind of makes the show, but he is much more of a supporting character, like literally kind of a foundational keystone type character that makes the arch stand, keeps the building from collapsing rather than, you know, uh, strutting the stuff the way Malkovich and and, uh, Law are allowed to do. Um, I also don't know to what extent because he. I also don't know to what extent, you know, this is a part and how much he's just being himself because he plays this role with kind of a flat affect, a disingenuous affect. Mm. Um, but it could be that that's just a really fucking good performance. Could be. And he's really good at suggesting this guy has layers that you will never, ever, ever, ever see. Like there's a couple yeah. quiet moments like where he's by himself and not being observed. And there's, there's, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he goes, he floats, he floats, but he's probably going to not do well because of his foundational status. So it, yeah. a lot, and that's the thing with the, with those singular male category, we don't have a supporting category. So a lot of like Dr. Senator is going to be one of these guys that also suffers because mm-hmm. it, the show doesn't revolve around them, you know? Yeah. Typically the, the supporting actors have not fared very well in this category. Yeah, I, I I don't know. You could almost call Anthony Hopkins a supporting character in Westworld uh, at times. Although, oh yeah, you know, he has a lot to do. It's just like the the show doesn't revolve around him; it's around the the bots. But you're right. Some people do kind of elevate those positions. Um, yeah, and it takes fifty years of acting legacy to do it. All right. Uh, yeah, and maybe Silvio has it. I don't know. I don't know his uh, catalog. Jonathan Majors, Atticus Freeman, Lovecraft Country. Uh, I thought he was good, but not the best in that show. Yeah, I think the next gentleman, Michael K. Williams, uh, did a lot of complex heavy lifting. There's mm-hmm. fa- there's difficult father and son work. There's difficult, um, you know, like like a masculine type navigating. Uh, uh, the the waters of being a gay man in the 50s. So you've got multiple layers, you know, like I'm a black man, I'm a gay man, I'm a masculine man. Oh, Jesus, how can that possibly? So, I, and I thought yeah. that stuff was really great. Um, and just, you know, the, how that builds up over his life and the way he portrays like this, this man who has done really bad things for yeah. for reasons that he kept justifying to himself because he had to yeah. to get by and like the way he portrays that character is just so good. And, I, you know, I, I knew he was capable of some emotion, certainly, but I don't think I've seen this type of performance right. from him before. And it was pretty good. Not, not to say Jonathan Majors was bad. He was great as well. Just, yeah, who he just didn't Williams. have the kind of the, the, the level of material uh, that uh, Michael K. And, and also that, you know, MKW has been working in this medium, doing this kind of thing, you know, changing people's minds about the uh, masculinity and sexuality since like true fucking whistling on the wire. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. So like, I think he's got kind of like he builds on that material uh, in, in this way. Uh, I also want to say that like uh, Courtney B. Vance barely missed the cut because his uncle George, I thought was really great. Like it, yeah. um, there's there's a lot of things they're saying here in Lovecraft Country about intergenerational trauma and how you can like you know pay that forward and and how it kind of perpetuates itself and um I I I thought that like you know 
even that relationship was com- uh, uh, fucking complicated because like that's the, the I, I don't know if this is like ultra realistic or like a little bit kind of like uh, you have to make relationships, but like every relationship is so complicated. Like somehow, um, you know, Atticus dad was in a thruple relationship with his uncle and mom and the aunt was somehow involved. And also the dad's in another relationship with the ma- It's like it, it, everything was insanely complicated, probably more complicated than most people's baseline experiences. But, God, I would hope you so. know, there's enough that almost everyone like almost everyone can relate to a, a portion of like, you know, you got beef with your dad. It might not be cause it's might not be like a six layer burrito layer of beef, but you got one or two layers in there. Right. And you can, you can. Um, so anyway, I, all that to say, I think Michael K. Williams beats uh, uh, Jonathan here um, and probably goes over even John Malkovich. All right. Well, we're debating. To the top, or to not. the top. So to the top. Yes, with both to the of top. Them. Uh, Jude, Law uh, Jude Law as Sam <laughs> in the third day. Man, like I almost want to say it's float worthy, but arguably he does a lot more better work in this than he did the new Pope. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, strong emotional work here. Um, the the series revolves around the death of his son. Um, and and the implications of that and the, the history and the future of that um, and this weird island that he's on and like the the parts where you know he's he's seeing his kid in the grass or whatever and chasing him through uh, and just ends up you know in in the middle of this tall grass just like weeping or like the confusion that he displays when he's being like gaslighted by the entire fucking island, right? Uh, there, there's a lot of good work there, and it's it's strong, it's powerful stuff. stuff. On the other hand, uh-huh. did he ever square off against God Almighty to pray over a a boy racked with birth defects to make him whole for like a whole solid night, <laughs> like some of that stuff? Where like yeah. Lenny was literally in yeah. the sense of like. Israel of old wrestling with God was yeah shouting at him you know? yeah like it's 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 uh like powerful and like an old school shamanesque like renaissance painting kind of way like the passion of the Lenny here um but did Lenny ever dig a dig his own grave for an hour and a half live and, on and also did did also uh you know sam didn't spend literally two-thirds of his own season he didn't spend two of the three days asleep in a coma <laughs> right so. right he had a little more to do but it was only three episodes right so like and a, and a 24-hour live stream so it was like 27 hours of content yeah but I, then again you know, know a pope pope lenny might have solved uh religious radicalism mm-hmm. in his time like, yeah, I, you put Pope Lenny on that island. That that religion yeah. is gonna—they're gonna come together and they're gonna be worshiping the the one true God. You know? It's going to yeah, or or uh, he'll march all one billion Catholics into that island and and declare martial law. <laughs> the new Pope right. goes places. What I'm trying to say, and so does the third day. Um, all right. to, to I top, think I think to this house. Uh, I'm I'm leaning float, but I might be looking Ooh, ahead to the float. end game too much. Maybe maybe we maybe we put him to the top. God, I feel like everything's just going to go to the top. We got to have some standards, but 
Jude Law meets well, that standard. Well, here we go. We're about to, we're about to, because uh, I... All right, I've got two standards here. These two guys, Carl Urban is Billy Butcher and Anthony Starr is Homelander from The Boys Season 2. Both of these guys need to go to the top. I think we can float the other two. Mm. After all, both of those other two are supporting characters. Um, Mother's Milk has some good stuff that I really like. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like, and, but, and but it's so John Carlo Esposito and John Carlo Esposito is pitching like the fastest Gus Spring fa- uh, fastball that he's pitched since season four of Breaking Bad, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good pitch. Yeah, uh, but it's not as good as Carl Urban or Anthony Starr. I mean, the, their pitches. Uh, like I, I specifically, I still remember the shot. Like I can see in my head the shot of him, you know, over uh, his spoilers. Spoilers for the boys season two if you haven't watched it. Uh, spoilers for all these shows because that's just what we do here. Um, I still in my mind can see the shot of him turning toward Homelander as his wife is laying there dead, right? Um, mm-hmm. And. Like that whole sequence, that that look that he gives is just astonishing. I I've never seen yeah, anything like it on film. Butcher might might kill a child here <laughs> with a tire iron. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. He's looking over at his son like he's he's gonna murder him, and then Homelander flies in and he's looking at him the same way. It's like to to now protect the son that just accidentally murdered his wife. It's it's a wild ride, and Carl Urban just makes me feel every second of it. Yeah, I feel like that um, there's a whole this whole year was kind of like or this whole season was like him building up to those moments because, you know, the there's so many different looks. It's like the sip of tea, the murderous turn with tire iron in hand, Uh, Uh the like I remember there's a scene with him and his wife where his wife's trying to pin him on like, you know, making a promise you know, swearing on your brother's soul or on your brother's grave, something. And like, like you could see without any kind of words exchanging, like what a real horn of a dilemma that that put Billy in, uh, because there was no way, there's no way to get out with everything that he wanted in that moment, you know? Um, and, and the thing is, is like, yeah, Carl Urban is like, yeah, I, I watched him in, um, uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings series because we just recently rewatched all that for Commission Podcast, and I saw him in something. Uh, what else did I see? Oh, I saw him in uh, uh, Judge Dredd. I went through a little bit of Carl yeah, Urban yeah. Renaissance after the boys, and he has been working on this like stoic, like look based acting from the jump, and it all culminates in here, and it's. It's not a broad range, although he does go through a lot of the human emotion. Um, but it is a particular depth of this particular palette. Like how many shades of red can you have in just like murderous rage, you know? Yeah. A lot, a lot. Um, and Anthony star. Yeah. I mean, this guy, it, it's a, re- it's, it's a, it's the thing I appreciate about Anthony Starr is He just doesn't give a fuck. You know, he might make out with his doppelganger. He might fuck his doppelganger. He might murder his doppelganger. He uh, might side with Nazis in a, a, a neo-Nazis and kind of oh. like, uh, 
real politic way, but also have a moment where it's like, oh, wait, shit, these Nazis are fucking crazy. And it's all believable. He might he might t- jerk himself a glass t- of breast milk. He uh, might, yeah, have a really complicated relationship with motherhood oh. and breast milk and might jerk it at the top of the Empire State Building because who's going to stop him? He's Superman. He just is like He's incredible. I, and I can't think of anybody else to play these two. That's the other thing is you, you go back, you know, you go through your like, you know, replacement, you know, value over replacement average. And like these guys are just off the charts. I mean, there's Especially probably could, Anthony but. Starr. Like I. I just can't imagine anybody else pulling this off with that. I, I don't know. He's, he's got, you know, those quote unquote, all American looks. Um, he's, he's got the, the blonde hair and the icy blue eyes and that like force the painted on smile when he needs it. Mm-hmm. And then just like an immediate, like the painted on smile to the immediate frown, like the, you, the way he like turns emotionally on a dime to me is one of the best parts of this portrayal and it's absolutely necessary for that character a psychotic superman is one of the most frightening things you can think of and this show just like really brings and he's never like a cartoon like you take him seriously as a character and there's a lot of points where like i really didn't know what he was going to do because there is a little a wounded boy there is a still a core of Mm -hmm. kind of like goodness a guy who wants to be good that's buried in there somewhere and sometimes that flashes out especially in his relationship with the son um it's a hell of a performance yeah i I look Uh, at a lot of those moments with uh stormfront and i i go okay there's a lot more depth to this performance than you might think right it could just be the the guy who's a psychopath pretending to be this hero um but then there's like you mentioned the vulnerable aspects of him right and when you can dig past the surface like i think stormfront did a couple of times and sort of you know get inside of his head and sort of twist him up like madeline was able to like stormfront does um those are the moments where you see a broader range from that character and and from that actor and i think he uh, probably even more so than Carl Urban. I was impressed with his work in Boys season two. Yeah. Uh, I will say for Giancarlo, there's a couple scenes where like he just stands up and like takes off his glasses and then like you know and, and like intimidates the psychotic Superman. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. in a completely believable way. Like he puts him on his back heels and you're like, okay, that's about right. I don't know that there's a lot of people that could do that as well. And also I thought something that really I found impressive late season when he's talking to butcher and he talks about like, you know um, why he's so buttoned down and cool. And he says like, you know, like engaging in, in screaming and letting my anger get the better of me. That's, that's uh that's uh um that's a white man's affectation uh, and really puts some like fucking heat behind it. Cause you know, John Carroll is pretty, pretty outspoken yep. in, in social media and, and in the media in general about like mm-hmm. where he stands on like race and gender. And, uh, like he, I think he, 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 you got a little bit of glimpse of like his genuine, like anger and frustration, uh, pretty good. But I also was a little bit surprised at how little he was a part of season two. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that he was, and, and it turns out he is kind of, remained a supporting background character and that i think you know you go, it go, is going to hurt you in the baldies for sure yeah we haven't talked a lot about mother's milk but that's also somewhat of a supporting role it's a bigger role i think than stan edgar um 
He's a glue. He's the glue of the team. He is. Like yeah. when the team wants to fracture apart, he's the one that like through the force of he's like the big brother of the group or maybe the group's dad. Like, you know, Butcher likes to swagger in and says daddy's home. But like Mother's Milk is the guy that sits you down and says, you know, fucking stop your shit or keep doing your shit because the team needs this particular shit that you're you're doing. Yeah. Um, but without him, the boys would be would have flung apart like three separate times this season. But again, glue is not, you know, doesn't tend to get as much. Um, yeah, yeah, like I said, he glue had some really stick great to stuff. The top of this list. Glue doesn't <laughs> stick to the top. So that's what I'm saying. Are we to the top with Carl and Anthony and we're floating uh, uh, Laz and Giancarlo? I think so. Sorry, guys, but yeah. Maybe they'll do more with him next season. Uh, all right. Nick uh, Offerman as Forrest on devs. To the bottom. Fuck wow. Him. I thought no, you liked I, uh, Nick Offerman. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but man, I'm having a hard time doing anything but float. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I wouldn't say throw him to the bottom, but to the top is too much. Um, it's it's I, good. I will there say are he surprised me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the moments where he's alone, um, like watching his daughter on that screen got to me. Um, the the flashback himself, we yeah. see. Well, if anything is actually a flashback in the show, uh, the the moment we see of his his wife's accident. That was very powerful um, and his acting yeah. was a big part of why it was. Uh, I, I've seen him on stuff that I've taken serious before, but he's always been kind of been the goofball even then, like in Fargo. That's a serious. I mean, I guess it's a borderline serious show, but yeah, it's a serious drama. And but he's kind of the goofball um, quirky character among it. Um, trying to think if I've ever seen him in just a stone cold, sober, dramatic role. And I think this might be the first one. And he really showed flashes of greatness. Um, yeah. Again, he's kind of a supporting character. Uh-huh. Uh, the show's not about him he's the primary antagonist I think but even then it's like what does that even mean in the context of that show right. I think yeah I think he's a floater which okay. means he's probably too like that's like as closest to the bottom as this list is going to get Ed Harris as old William in Westworld <sighs> season 3 here's the thing these next two Ed Harris and Aaron Paul okay as Caleb Nichols in Westworld season 3 yeah they're like they're borderline to the top slash float because Aaron Paul especially wasn't. I mean he he was wasn't asked to do anything but be an everyman. Yeah, and that's the and problem. I don't think Aaron Paul's performances have stood out since Breaking Bad. Um, and in Breaking Bad, you know, he had a transformation over the course of X number of seasons. Um, that, so you know what that was the impressive of. part. Yeah, and he was, he was great. He did the job. Uh, but I feel like since then, they've just wanted, like, Aaron Paul to show up because Aaron Paul was that guy on Breaking Bad, you know? And, and this, this is a like, little more, but to, not much. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to, like, every damn role you play doesn't have to be, you know, not everybody has to be uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, like, every single thing. Right. It's like, oh, my God, what a fuck. Um, sometimes you just got to work. Um, and I think Aaron, I like seeing Aaron Paul work, but the Caleb wasn't 
very flashy or splashy or um or Ed Harris. I don't even know that there's some good stuff, some showcase stuff like him arguing the past, present and future versions of himself. And, um, some of the complex mental games they were playing. Inherently interesting, Mm -hmm. but also he wasn't a central figure in this season. I I guess, was he? Yeah. Yeah. I guess he was. Yeah. Um, as central as any anyone else you can you can name any of the Dolores shards and <laughs> yeah I, I mean his uh, his whole arc was like going to the mental uh asylum right the the the, the facility that he got forced into and then trying to get out of that I don't know the the company takeover was the whole the whole thing this season the thing is is like uh this this whole season he played like buzz diluted buzz light ear he was still playing the old game. He hadn't quite come to grips with the new game and how far along the new game was gone. And hmm. like, I, I think the way I, I, I'm trying to, I, I know we talk about spoilers, but I, I try not to spoil just for the spoiler's sake, but like his, the end game of his character in Westworld season three was kind of like the, the epitome of him being this poor deluded old man. Uh, yeah, for sure. But I, I, I the, I'm thinking real like this real float float worthy. Yeah, I'd float both of these. All right, um, let's move on to the Fargo season four crew. Uh, Chris Rock as Lloyd Cannon and Ben Wishaw as Rabbi Milligan. I like Chris Rock's performance of the two comedic characters that had gangster roles. I think he came off looking way better um, than Jason Schwartzman he, or uh, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I agree, but I don't think either of them hit like truly great. Um, I think there, there's something about Chris Rock's demeanor that just didn't fit this role exactly. And I think that's what, you know, Holly was going for when he cast Chris Rock, something a little outside of the box, something surprising. And you get a lot of surprising stuff out of Chris Rock that you weren't sure was there before. So, you know, good job on that. I just think something didn't quite connect with you know him or Schwartzman. I mean, sure. I think Chris scenes, Rock was clearly better than Schwartzman, but yeah, like, I'm with you the on that. that for, for, for me for Chris Rock was when he uh, shook down Ben Wishaw as Rabbi Milligan. Like the first time I actually saw him as menacing, uh, his explosive takedown of his wife and mother-in-law. Um, yeah. You know, the him had the loss of his son and then the miraculous reattainment of his son. Like I thought those are excellent performances. Um, him just uh, like uh, we talked about this that that bone wariness that he felt when he saw the billboard extolling his idea for credit cards that was stolen from you know the the banking community. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little stuff he did. I I think <sighs> I'm leaning towards to the top because floating like doesn't do like I I think this is better than anything that like Nick Ed or Aaron was doing. But like sitting to the top is like, you know, that I, does he make it into the top 10? I don't know. But okay. I feel like. I don't know. Maybe it's a little dismissive to say he's just float worthy. Uh, ben Wishaw, on the other hand, did everything you could ask for, for what little he was given. It's just he was given so <laughs> That's little. the problem. Yeah. yeah. He had a couple of big yeah. episodes. He would he would appear in, in pretty much every episode, I think, except he was he was the straight man in this in this 
tornado of chaos, right? Like I was going to say he was the co-lead in the, the showcase wizard of Oz episode. Yeah. Um, that was his big showcase. Um, but the rest of the satchel. season, he was just kind of, you know, there for a scene or two. Um, and that's and, the thing you could throw, you could almost throw the kid that played satchel in here, except for that. He wasn't required to do much with that role, you know, not um, at all. He had one speech it, right in the entire like every, show maybe uh, i want you monologue. to i want you to do your entire performance of this entire season like you are wearing a literal wet blanket mm-hmm. you know like be just like the wet more blanket in, <laughs> be the wet blanket and yeah the one time he kind of came alive is when he kind of started mike milliganing and he pulled the gun on those rednecks that tried yeah. to pull a fucking lovecraft country on him um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, like I said, I'd, I'd send uh, Rock to the top and Ben Wishaw. I, I nod at you. I see what you're doing there. Uh, wish I wish this season was two more episodes, mm. and they got they got to give some of these side characters justice. But that's not what happened. I wish I saw Wishaw do more. Wish I saw Wishaw. <laughs> All right. How much wish can a Wishaw saw if a Wishaw could saw wish? Uh, these next three, I don't have a lot of context on because I've seen one episode of the plot against America. Ah, but we're going to be talking about these are okay. Uh, Morgan Spector is Herman Levin, John Turturro is Rabbi Bingelsdorf, and Anthony Boyle as Alvin Levin. Yeah, um, I, the problem is like this. This happens um, with a lot of David Simon stuff, where it's a huge ensemble cast, and. Uh, they all were excellent, but you know, Herman Levin is essentially a Jewish everyman. You're supposed to identify as him as a father. Like, Oh my God, what would I do? What would I do in a situation where America seems like it's descending into fascism? And I am not, I am one of the vulnerable, you know, I am a minority of concern. You know, what would I do with my family? What would I do with my neighbors? You know, who, and, and like, he's very good at it, but like also, there's not a lot of flash here. John Turturro is playing an evil Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. He's just fully fucking deluded about the state of America. And, <laughs> and like, you're never quite sure if he's like doing this for personal power. He's a true believer. It's it's uh, he's got a different set of facts and experiences he's arguing from. But but yeah, he's deeply deluded about till the very end about what what the state uh, he's he's living in. Uh, and Anthony Boyle is like um, this very angry, jaded character who is like too young to really have any shot at effectively wielding power. Um, is busting to do something and, and goes to Canada because Canada joins in World War II against the Nazi regime. America stays neutral, goes to Canada to enlists ends up losing a leg and, and getting no glory out of it. And I think he's the best one out of all these three. He probably goes to the top. Yeah. I, I think he yep. goes to the top. Everybody okay. else. Uh, I, you're, you're, you're a great foundation of this great morality play that David Simon threw for 21st century America, looking back to mid 20th century America. Um, but yeah. Oh my God. We forgot the supporting actors. In Fargo season four, Francesco Acquaroli as uh, Ebel Villante. I think we didn't forget and him. We initially said, hey, you know, we're not going to do, we're going to make, because we had so many people are going to not do side care. And then we started having more. And I'm like, you know what? We, these guys, we got to talk about them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're great. Uh, and of course, Glenn Terman is Dr. Senator. 
he's fantastic. Well, uh, probably he's, my favorite character in the entire show. The best, by far the best acting on Fargo. I think he needs to go to the top, even though he's a supporting character. He probably won't make it. Glenn Turman was electric as Dr. Senator in Fargo season four. And the law, the, the show, man, it's one of those things where it's like the show wrote a cat, a check that it's ass couldn't cash. It's like, sure. (laughs) What if Ned Stark gets beheaded and then game of Thrones just never can quite get it together after Hmm. his absence. Like uh, Dr. Senator was Yeah. Real good. And and the thing is, is, uh, you know, the uh, Francesco Acaroli or uh, that played the evil character was his acting partner. Yeah. Like a lot of what Dr. Senator did worked because he had a really good um, person on the other side of the table, literally. But yeah, I uh, wish uh, Dr. Senator had stuck around longer in that show because I was not done with him. The show was done with yeah. him before I was. Um and yeah, they they had Ebel be kind of a much bigger part of that show by the end. And I that's the liked, thing they I like that turn, and I think that that Francesco pulled it off. Um, came across as as very menacing at the end of that. Uh, Almost too much. Like I I that wasn't the first time I I remember complaining that like the morality play nature of this season got in the way of like good characters and storytelling hmm. like they needed evil to turn like, you know, make an Anakin Skywalker turn where it's like, oh, this is a guy who's, you know, kind of like for good governance as far as gangster stuff. And then by the end. But I guess it was also kind of understandable because he is a gangster. He did. He did have a hand that had a limited yeah. power, and he was arguably being good to the cannons um, by allowing them to keep half of what they. Ha- I, I don't know. Yeah, but I. It, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Okay. He uh, floats, even where he is. The Good Lord Bird had a couple. Ethan Hawke as John Brown and Joshua Caleb Johnson as Onion. I wish I had finished this season because, again. Ethan Hawke is pretty incredible and um, it's a role that requires him to be generous. He gets to be the kind of crazy man who's always brought up short by other supporting characters. You know, you go through these cast of like Frederick Douglass and um, uh, uh, Sojourn, not Sojourner Truth. Um, (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Ah, great ally Aaron. Can't think of the Harriet Tubman. Uh, oh, other okay. great black black figure is on the show. Um, like his his role is to be the overzealous kind of white guy who the the other like former slaves and free slaves like I don't know you might get us all killed. Um, and he's you know he looks terrible. He's unkempt. He doesn't brush his teeth. He lives as a crazy frontier man. Um, and, he, and like I said, he's the kind of the butt of all the show's jokes while also recognizing kind of like you know his singular role of of uh, being the guy crazy enough to want to want blood for what this country was doing. So I don't know. He gets to yell and scream a lot. It's like the best thing I've seen him done in years. I, I guess it's to the top. I mean, that? but that it's weird because like I, I'm the only one that's seen it. I haven't even seen the last two episodes. Everyone says it ends amazing, but I have, I'm going to have a hard mm-hmm. time getting this guy into the top 10 just because I haven't seen it. Now, yeah. what about onion? Joshua Caleb Johnson as as Onion um, is also a really interesting character, and he gets to do a lot of 
interesting work um as a young boy who's mistaken as a girl and has to is forced to live as a girl through uh as uh, through most of the series um and he's a teenage boy and he's you know as 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 horny as most and um but again i haven't i haven't seen i haven't seen i haven't seen the whole thing and he's like the he reminds me a lot of um, who was that character Ethel Rita and Fargo, where ostensibly he's the main character, he's the narrator, all the action pivots around him, but it's also not their story, hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's a floater, and Ethan Hawke is to the topper, but he's going to probably get handily beaten out of that spot. <laughs> okay, to the top. All right, next up, uh, Mark. Proch as Colin Robinson and what we do in the shadows and Matt Berry as Laszlo and what we do in the shadows. You gentlemen are in a comedy show. So best of luck, but to the top, to the top. Okay. You can't get much better in a comedy lead than these guys. Uh, Comedy lead comedy support. Cause I think Colin, you know, even though he had an episode all about him this season uh, is, is firmly in the supporting cast. Mm hmm. God, these guys are just funny as hell in completely different ways. Oh, yeah, they couldn't be more different. Uh, like, why is Matt Berry funny? <laughs> like, he's it's it's kind of like trying to say, like, why? Um, it's because know, it's, it's the because his confidence and his his the way about him don't um, or, or his confidence and his competence don't match up. I think is one of the reasons why he's so funny. Hmm. He's v- extremely confident in everything he does. And he has this grandiose way of presenting himself. And yet he's a buffoon in most regards. Yeah. Kind of like a, a European Bill Murray is kind of how he. Cause, cause like that there's, there's a lot of like, why is Bill hmm. Murray funny? Uh-huh. He's been in a lot of funny things, sure, but why is he in almost intrinsically funny? He can deadpan uh, a line, I, I know that much, but Matt Berry never deadpans. No, he you're right. They're not but it's, it's it's the same kind of thing. It's like it's really hard to pin down what about them is 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 working. Yeah. But you're right. There is something about the mismatch between how confident confident and competent he is and or thinks he is versus the reality of his existence (laughs) right uh and he's usually the butt of the joke where you know um characters who are actually competent will shit all over him and he's sort of he's not oblivious to that fact but also he doesn't he doesn't get him down (laughs) you know he keeps he's trucking right along He's also got kind of like that likable rascal role yes. where it's like, you know, he's not an always sunny character where like he's just so bad <laughs> that I want to see him defeated. Uh, every, yeah, I was like, no, I kind of like want him and Nadja to be happy uh, out of all the the primary cast. Whereas Colin, yeah, he's more of an always sunny guy where it's like the only time the show lifts him up is to smack him down so the audience can enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Um, very funny yeah. as these this emotional vampire that just sucks like he doesn't suck your blood he just sucks your will to live he's the guy that just as you get rolling on your spreadsheet comes over and sticks his head into your cubicle to bore you about stupid shit you know yeah i don't know uh i would also say that matt berry always plays extremely horny characters and yeah he's he's not a bad looking guy he's just like 
he's kind of just like an average looking dude who presents himself as like the sex god sort of thing, which I have to doubt because of the other uh, aspects of his life I've seen. But I don't know. Nod just seems to like him. So that's the thing. It's like that's that's uh, perfect. Like that seat that the episode where they're getting ready for the vampire orgy Mm -hmm. and uh, Laszlo and the other guys are like, oh, it's this epic days of nonstop fucking and it's all these sexual. And then they smash cut to Nodge and she's like, "Eh, it's all right. Yeah. Like, I I think that's like perfectly nails that kind of Jack Blackian energy he has. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He's real fun. These guys are f- this f- funny. This show is super funny. It's got like it, it, it does a- mostly avoid the always sunny trap of like, you know, the characters are just these crash test dummies that you want to see thrown through windshields and brick walls because I do care about a few of them. But uh, God, it's it's good. It's a good funny show about vampires sucking people's blood I've ever seen. For sure. Um, How about. The Expanse, if we talk about Wes Chatham as Amos Burton, Keon Alexander mm. as Marco Inaros, and Josiah Jace Owens as Philip Inaros. Hmm? Okay, here's another one we have not seen. Like, by the time the Baldi's ceremony airs, I believe we'll have seen the entire thing, but the qualifier to Baldi's, you just have to premiere mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, and we have seen said nine that, of the ten episodes so far. Wes Chatham has had a real showcase season. Like Amos is is for the first time kind of been carrying a plots all by himself and and doing a really good job. Like, yeah, this season has done more for me to like really crystallize how I feel about Amos and kind of like, you know, see different sides of him than than any other. Uh, I I think he goes to the top. Um, And I kind of could make an argument for Josiah Chase Owens. Keon Alexander, I don't. Maybe he's just too good at being this bastard. But I fucking hate this guy. Yeah, this guy, you're definitely supposed to. His he's almost um, you know he's not quite the Joffrey levels, but I know he's one of those things where it's like you could probably make an objective argument. I mean, how many people did Joffrey kill anyway? <laughs> Marco is. Uh, unprecedented in his monstrosity throughout the entire like they make that a point even in 24th century he's he's heinous by human standards Mm -hmm. like apex apex terrorist um what do you think oh let's throw them up there let's just throw them all up there and see where they shake out okay because i the thing is like also, Josiah, like his best work is done blubbering in the face of Dominic Tripper, who yes. is doing the real a fucking heavy monster, lifting. a beast this season, I think. But and and just like his eyes watering while his father's berating him, like he is doing good reacting work. But I don't know. You could almost say the same thing about Aaron Paul and Breaking Bad. Um, except for yeah. nah, yeah, nah. If if Josiah has in the next season like a th- like a whole arc of him doing therapy where uh-huh. he talks about this away from like that, then maybe. But uh, okay. we, we forgot one. Oops. Uh, Brent Sexton <sighs> has sin on the expand season five. Can you give a man a baldy for a singular line reading? Because right, like, right. Yeah. Where he I confesses, loved all of us. We were a family breaks me every fucking time. Oh, like, that's so undisputed. Yeah. yeah. That line where he just like 
Naomi says, I thought you loved me. And he says, I loved all of us. We were a family. God damn yeah. it. It's all getting to me just now. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the one I like is, you know, right, right before that, it's the same scene. It's, it's where he actually confesses, you know, I, I he says, I knew where he was. Um, yeah. The, the whole time that's it uh, felt real. Yeah. All this stuff feels like, you know, like everything he did leading up to it, like the way he acted is very, very, you know, because I've, you know, I've never had this kind of confession, but I've made confessions like this and I've had confessions like this made me like the like the, you know, like this, like the taking a deep breath before you plunge off the side, like everything that he did was so smart and so nuanced, Mm -hmm. but he is such a small character. Um. That's I do want to say, yeah, the, this this is one like a top five scene of the year. And mm-hmm. he was he was a big part of what made it work because like Dominic Tripper is an acting beast. But you got to have somebody on the other end for any of this stuff to connect. Um, yeah, uh, but I, I just don't think he can go to the top because he has such a minor role in that season. Yeah, yeah. And then. uh Nicholas Holt as Peter the Third in the Great. I haven't seen this. Send him to the bottom. Send him to the bottom. Well, he's, he's a worthless bomb. He's a piece All of right. trash. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then maybe float him. There we go. He's gone. <laughs> he's floating in the ether. No, he's um, he's at the bottom. But I gotta say, like, I think he needs to go to the top because imagine Joffrey Baratheon, except you can't quite help liking the guy. And that's Peter the Third. Except he is actually charming. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Like he plausibly wins over Catherine the Great at some point in this season. Um, Like, and there, yeah, I don't know. There's like, um, there's something to it. There's something to it. Like if Joffrey was uh, had moments of self awareness, like you know what, this isn't who I want to be. I probably should pay more attention and 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 tried. He's that's a very hard like he's just a he's a really heinous person um but he has some kind of likability to him and it's not just because he's good looking or whatnot it is there is some kind of and i guess I, i've never seen nicholas holt in that kind of assured of a role he's always played kind of like you know the you know the beast in in x-men where he's uh you know got got a a big insecurity or whatnot this guy is many things but like insecure I don't know. I th- I think he actually goes to the top. He's not going to, you know, he's a, it's a, okay. it's a comedic role, but, uh, he's, he's real good. in it. And a fucking, I love the great man. I love the great so much. Thank God for the great coming along just as harlots fell completely off the map. Um, I'm glad I got a new trashy historical mm-hmm. rom-com thing to do, to get into on Hulu. All right. So now, as I see it, we have to debate, we're an hour into this thing and top just sent to the top and gone to the bottom. Yeah. It's a long list. Uh, well, let's just fuck it. Let's just go from the top and work our way to the bottom. Uh, is Wes Chatham better than, than Nicholas Holt? I say yes. You're going to say yes. It, sure. Cause I haven't seen Nicholas Holt. So, okay. Um, yeah. To the top him. <laughs> Are we doing the, to the yeah. top again? No, we're just, we're just now it's just who's right or who's okay. worse. And, uh, uh, is Keon Alexander as Marco Inaros better than Nicholas Holt as Peter the Third? I say no, but it might only be because I just really fucking hate Marco Inaros. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit. 
He just is the worst. Yeah. He abuses everyone. He's a multi, multi, multi-million murderer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his politics are garbage. He's he, and and what's worse, he's kind of got a point. He's kind of also got a fucking point. So fuck him especially. Yeah. And he's able to uh, convey it very charismatically as well. Uh, he really he's is. a good-looking man, right? Like he's got all those advantages uh, that that make you want to oh. say, "Is are the things he's doing really so bad?" Well, yeah, they yeah. are, but he's just yeah. a handsome guy. He seems so noble. He's got his his visage is so noble. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think he's better. Uh, okay. Now, just is okay. Let me is is uh, the work that Philip is doing better than what Marco is doing with the expanse is to say chase better than his dad. And God damn, I have a hard time saying better. If it's he's better, shockingly it's good. slightly better, but it's very different. He's shockingly good for, I, I think he's 20 years old. So he's not even that young, but he's like, you know, shockingly good work for a young actor. Um, got my eye yeah. on him going forward. But I don't know that he's better. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he's... I don't think either of those guys are going to make top 10, frankly. Okay, um, question. So I'm not too... Yeah. Is Colin and Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows better than Marco and Philip and Aros? <sighs> God damn. And I kind of think they are. Even accounting for comedy versus drama, I think what they're doing is singularly brilliant versus... These other guys, like, I, I, yeah, like, they're not doing anything that I don't see anyone else could do. Yeah, I mean, I literally don't know that anyone else could do what uh, Mark and Matt are doing because they are playing Mark and Matt characters, right? Like, I've seen true the character right. Colin Robinson in everything that guy's ever done. I've seen Laszlo in everything Matt Berry's ever done. Um it's not outside. It's it's very much. It's very much in their wheelhouse. Uh, it's kind of the kind of, only this could be house a Will Ferrell. Got. This could be a Will Ferrell situation before we've seen him do it 10, 12 times and gotten to say it like, you know, right. That, that this, this might, might be, be Matt Berry's old school. Mark Proch's old school where that's like the demarcating line for me where yeah. I liked Will yeah. Ferrell and that everything beyond. I'm like, I, I start to get less and less interested. Um, but yeah, I think I think for me it's well, easy. Like the, I think the they're, they're better daddy. than both these guys. Uh, okay. Yeah, they haven't crossed over to uh, annoyingly that character yet. So that's where I want to put him. Uh, but I don't know about this dude. So no, I think he's better. I think they're better. But on the other hand, like I said, it's it's very hard to play Joffrey that's still likable. And that's that's it seems to be a pretty good analogy that people are kind of like, oh, yeah, that's that's. Uh, Ethan Hawke, I actually think he's the best of this bunch so far. I take him all the way to the top. He's got better material. He's gets to scream red face, but also be like apologetic and deferential. Like, you know, he, he's it's it's a solid, solid Ethan, Ethan Hawke role. Um, uh, here we go. Glenn Terman. Uh, to the top. Who who st- uh, and if not who stops? Who's the stopper? Who's the combo breaker? There isn't one. I haven't seen Good Lord Bird. And I haven't seen the Great. But I would say probably probably better than West Chatham. 
maybe just because I've seen so many seasons of the expanse at this point. Um, and I've seen Glenn Turman and other things, certainly. But I really enjoyed his performance here, and it had been a while since I had really noticed him in anything. I don't uh, look, I don't think Amos Burton is that hard of a character to play. It doesn't require any range. It requires exactly one emotion, which is indifference. Um, occasionally, he expands out to uh, slightly, slightly more haunted indifference. <laughs> like, you know, there are moments. There, there are moments with that character where he has like, you know, some some fatherly instincts or brotherly instincts maybe to kick in, and you see like a little bit of an actual character coming through. But I mean, his yeah. whole character is calm, cool, vaguely uh, sociopathic, just badass. Yeah, it's all he has yeah. to be, and and cool and badass. And if he can get some vulnerability in there every once in a while, more power to him. And I've yeah, seen Wes like I said, I, in like interviews and stuff. And I know he's not he's not that guy. Obviously, he is acting, but like it's it's not a broad range uh, of stuff yeah. he's asked to do. I, I wouldn't say Glenn Turman is super broad here, but like the way he pulls this off so uh, effortlessly, this is smooth. Oh, you're putting him under Ethan because I was suggesting over. Oh, okay. Then yeah, let's do it. I haven't even seen Ethan Hawke. He's tippy top so far. The best sing, and I'm going. I'm trying to go like best singular performance, and also you have to be. You know, you can't because like if I didn't put any kind of previsos on here, then I think that uh, Brent Brent Saxon as Sin is just going to fucking win it because like that's recency bias and is a monster scene. But like you have to, you have to be a big structural part of the show. And Glenn Turman, I think, gets there by a toe. Because he is the best part of the first half of Fargo season four, which is probably the best yeah. part of Fargo. Sure. Um, all right. Sure. Let's uh, keep going. Anthony Boyle as Alvin Lynn. Uh, I know you haven't seen all of this. Hmm. I have a hard time getting him above. There's a there's a soft speed bump here at Nicholas Holt, and there's a hard speed bump at Ethan Hawke. What, okay, how much momentum does he have? <laughs> man, man, you know what? Let's, I love this uh, character from a show I haven't seen. Has a speed bump at a show I haven't seen, and another one at a show I haven't seen. I know, seen. I know, it's it's tough. I don't know what to do. About this is it. the Aaron show right here. Uh, it's all up to you. Uh, I I think he's de- uh man. Uh, I. Th- Yeah, I think he I think he can't get over six. Okay. But he's better than the expanse, the expanse father and son duo here. So he's seven. Yeah. Chris Chris Rock as Loy Cannon. Whew. He's a much bigger part of the season than Glenn Derman. I mean, arguably he's 
better than Wes, but he cannot get over the like like I think the truly elite is starting to uh, like is at the Glenn Ethan level and he's just not and it, oh, it's a damn shame the comedy doesn't get counted as truly elite because I think yeah yeah uh Barry and Proshk would be there too but like I, I think he's he's better than Wes Chatham because of the Chatham because really? of material I mean yeah but, but Wes Chatham does exactly what he needs he he embodies that role perfectly yeah whereas chris rock is a little shaky in scenes i I think like okay you talked me into it i i I don't think he's like i think it's a bigger meteor um kind of role to sink your teeth into emotionally but like he doesn't quite pull it off to bigger bigger and meatier than than amos (laughs) i don't know fair he's the bmt of the expanse universe bigger biggest bigger meteor tastier uh oh fuck me oh my god these guys monsters monsters in this category in my opinion i i think anthony star needs to go to number one right now i kind of think they both go to the top okay and they're gonna have to fight it out maybe uh, maybe you could split maybe you could split anthony and put him below glenn turman uh, really? Sorry, you could pit. You could pit. Okay. No, no. I'm sorry, okay. Carl. Uh, the uh, uh, Billy Butcher. I got Billy and Anthony. Uh, maybe you. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe put maybe put Butcher below Glenn Turman. Uh, let's do it for now and see how it feels. Uh, when we get back yeah, to yeah, the yeah, top yeah. of this list. Yeah. Just for expediency's sake. Uh, Jude Law, Sam. The third day. <sighs> I mean, yeah, he goes pretty far to like to the top. This is a this is a a baldy. This is a baldy performance if ever I've seen one. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how much you want to wait. The work he did on the twenty-four hour live stream because that's the well, stuff that you. I'm even more impressed by. That's all you because they did boy with the sat- the stuff they did with the saturation and color palette and visual storytelling mm-hmm. really elevated all of Jude Law's already impressive tool set. Um, yeah, I could I could hear I could put him to the top because I do think he is in the elite class or you could put him in the bottom of the elite. Are, are we saying Ethan is the floor of the elite or are we putting West Chatham in there? Uh, Ethan's probably the, the floor of the like elite here. I feel like I, I want to just throw him in right there. Ooh, but I again, like I haven't seen the good Lord Bert, so. Oh, I mean, I, I guess I, I, so you don't think he should go like number two. I, I think there's something to talk about there, but. So I think he's better than Carl Urban for sure. I'm not sure if he's better than Dr. Senator. And the thing is, he only had three episodes. I'm judging him on three episodes yeah. and that's about what I'm judging Glenn Terman on. Uh, yeah. Didn't see the 24 hour special. Like that, that's something like if you, you like some of the shit you, you, you described that he went through is like Herculean and Sisyphean, Dude, like all like a wild. Greek fucking tragedy. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay. Where, where did I describe that? Was it in the best, uh, show? You probably did it in the best show. Biggest yeah. miss. I, yeah, I don't know what it was, but yeah, I've talked about, uh, the third day and specifically that 24 hour live stream. Maybe it was the biggest surprise. Yes. I think you're right. Um, so the go listen to that if you want to hear like a lot of talk about that. Although I have a feeling we're going to come back to this and have to really dig into the nitty yeah, gritty yeah, yeah. on these guys. So, all right. Um, where does that leave us? Oh, Michael K. Williams as Montrose Freeman. 
I'm, man, I'm going pretty high on this one. I, I, I think thinking, he beats Glenn Turman for sure. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking three or four. God, why, Car- okay, Carl why Urban's not two? Knocked out of the top ten before this is over. I swear. Oh no, I'm like I'm. Yeah, I. Uh, hmm. What's your argument for him not being better than Jude Law? Uh. I don't I, have I, a great one. Yeah, mine's like this visceral, like, you know, Lovecraft country was a little pulpy. Um, and but, but the third day is about weird religious cults on islands and shit. Like, how is mm-hmm. that less? I, I guess because it didn't have the, the actual Lovecraftian. This is just all crazy people being crazy people. It wasn't like supernatural, otherworldly. Um, yeah, I mean, in my mind jude law gets the bump for the 24-hour live stream um oh that's true michael k didn't 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 dig a hole in the mud for four hours or whatever the hell it was yeah i'm sure there were grueling days on set but nothing like (laughs) going to the rainiest ass british isle uh you've ever seen and being stuck there, digging holes and standing on poles and dragging boats for 24 hours. Digging holes and standing on poles. <laughs> the Jude Law story. <laughs> All right, what uh, are we doing? What are we doing? I, it's, it's somewhere in here. It's either... Okay. Yeah, I think somewhere three and four is a tough four. argument. Hmm. Um, okay, Jonathan Majors as Atticus Freeman in Lovecraft Country. Again, I'm not sure he was quite as good as Michael K. Williams. I'm, I think he's right there in the like 10-11 zone in, oh. in the outstanding in, in the outstanding comedic. Like he's like he is a good perf- good performance and a solid draw, uh, but like not sure if it's better than the elite comedic performances. Because like I guess we got like an elite acting overall and then elite comedic, and you know. Hmm. but I don't know because like I, I feel like some of these like people are going to be like well you forgot about such and such a scene because I know he had really good material yeah. with Michael K. Williams uh huh yeah that episode where they uh, travel back in time yeah wow it was powerful and powerful because we perceived it through Major's reaction to it uh yeah, I don't know, man. I like I said, I think he's in the four, five, six range. He's definitely above West Chatham. Okay, but how much higher he rolls, I don't know. Let's put him in there for now. Let's see where this ends up. Yep. Okay. Oh come on, come yeah, on, dude! This is bullshit. Just stacking the fucking deck here. <laughs> here uh i mean i i i like there we go (laughs) oh you're gonna do this bullshit (laughs) i'm just lumping him in oh man scandal scandal i know okay here wait wait, 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 wait. (laughs) gun to your head and i know you didn't see the last episode the young pope or or the new pope for some fucking reason Uh uh-huh gun to your head jude law in third day or jude law in in new pope fuck (laughs) if this was jude law in Young Pope and Jude Law in Third Day, it's probably Young Pope. In New Pope, since he's in a coma for 
70% of that season, it's probably third day Jude Law. He's still doing visions and shit when he's in a coma, to be fair. <laughs> okay. That's it's true every once in a while. And he's in that intro, that outstanding intro. Yeah, there's a lot of pretty women in that intro, and they almost all combine equal one juke ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> one cheek on the young pope. I mean, he's a sexy man. This is a sexy show. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I like I like Jude Law and uh, New Pope better than Jude Law and Third Day, but man, I don't know. That's like, <sighs> god damn it! How do you the how do you compare New Pope with the fucking boys? I know, like man. they're both completely ridiculous and Gonzo, but in very different ways. Yeah, I wish they had not done that twenty four hour live stream on the third day because that's fucking with me that's just like muddies the waters yeah it's such a stunt yeah it's it's just a thing that i had never seen before it's so surprising that i just want to give it the nod over most things but yeah it's like if it's like a david blaine trick it's like well he's put on his great or performance and also he did it all while he's encased in a block of ice right suspended for seven days above the las vegas strip it's like and he really what? did it yeah it's like yeah yeah i mean it's one thing to act that well but oh my god um i mean and frankly at the end of that 24 hour live stream it's 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 one thing to act at all like the idea that you could act for 24 hours at such high levels uh and you only get the one yeah you have to always be in character you never get yeah, it's um, you do get some time off. Like I, I get that there's like downtime, and they're probably icing him up and giving him shoulder massages. You know, after he digs his own grave for yeah. like the next four hand, hours while he's off screen, transplants because his his he's worn yeah. his hands down to the pulp, digging a hole. Uh, I mean, like I said, I I think I I like the new Pope better. I don't think, oh God, but is the new? That's the thing, like. I don't know that man. I don't know. He's the best performance of the year. No, I just put him up there so we can talk about him. I kind of think, oh uh, yeah. Do you want to leave him here and just move on? Yeah, like, I'm having. I'm. I'm, having, I'm. 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 I was agonizing 15 minutes over like where someone's position should be. It's currently at 15 or 16. So like, maybe we should keep going. Uh. John Malkovich. No, fuck me. Um, <laughs> okay, he's at he to me. He's somewhere in the Glenn Turman, uh, Glenn Turman through Ethan Hawke level. Huh, okay. Not even as good a Pope on the Pope season that was his season. The frustrating let's, let's Pope. Put him in there. Seems like he's going to hit top 10 because I think the last person we really need to talk about is Silvio and the rest of them are. I don't know what to do with this guy. Off dude. the map. I don't. I, this guy is a delight. He's amazing. He he's but he, he's very much of the show. Um, uh, I've never seen him in anything. I've heard he's an Italian actor of some renown. Um, he he is kind of in some way the he is the church to me um he's the institutional church in this show 
and he does a great job of he's Mitch McConnell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he just does this great job of like portraying the unshakable, uh, you know, roots that have been put down over centuries. Um, yeah. When you're faced with a couple of popes who are looking to turn to flip the table, right? Um, shake things up. I, I don't know. I the the way he is like that that I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's the force that he brings no, to this he, role is pretty astounding. He's the man behind the throne, laughing at everyone in front of the throne, thinking they can take the throne down. God, and he they're plays not even two they're characters. not even aim, they're not even aiming at the right target. Oh my God! It, remember, right. he plays not only himself, not only Cardinal Voyello, but he plays this other cardinal who's looking. They're vying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and, and the show is always like, "Oh yeah, they say that these popes look look so much alike." And I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't see it. But they're the same guy yeah, playing a joke. This- this make a joke and also like if we're talking about cardinals man there's some like i can't even remember like the one fancy dancer cardinal uh-huh like there is so many great this is a, i like i said this is going to be this is going to really play hardball in best drama because i like it beyond all reason oh um, yeah it's an easy so show yeah, to like uh you know he's easily better than west chatham which is going to bump him out of top 10 motherfucker Maybe we'll see if we can re. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Almost better than John Malkovich. I think he's like there, like right, right below Ethan, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, slot him in he there. There's a lot of what makes that show work. He for sure is. Other uh, than Satan, the devil, he might be the primary antagonist, but also. I feel I like know. we have a problem here. Jude What's Law that? is the young Pope and Jude Law is Sam from the third day. I almost feel like we have to eliminate one of these because how do you how do you let do somebody you enter wanna, a category do you wanna, twice? Do, do you not want to sweat the bo- bottom of this list? Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to sweat anything below like. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of already said, look, these people aren't going to make it beyond. Okay, so we're going like, right to say anything out, of the, any, anything out of the top 20. We we are not saying that Brent Saxon was the worst performance of the best performances. We're not saying that Aaron Paul was like the, anything outside the top 20 is just no. you didn't. You didn't get the nomination. Right. You, are, you're just no yeah. particular order. And, I, and, and really, I, I only care about the top 10, really only care about the top five. And it's going to be hell sorting those things. So. <laughs> I guess, do you see anything in the top 20 that seems like a gross violation of justice? Oh, boy. And I, the only um, thing is, like, I always try to find a way to get chat, chat Wes up on the, the expanse, man. I like I like it when he's in the top 10, but I don't know if I can justify it. Usually he is. I feel like he's made it up there quite a few years. Um, I think he's made the top five a year. Uh, it's always been on strength of a single line, like uh, you know, I'm. How about now? I'm free now, or I'm not that guy, <laughs> right? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about that character. I always like it's the single line, and it's it, yeah. all of those lines are delivered exactly the same. 
it's extremely like, it's like well, show, but like the same. Every season he expands is a device to deliver a set to Chatham so he can spike it, you know? <laughs> right. So you're just moving the ball around so he can spike it over the net once a season. It's all you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I like, cause I'm looking through and I'm like, I could quibble here and there. Like, I don't know if Anthony Boyle is, is below Nicholas Holt and, and all that kind of stuff. And as predicted, the elite com- comedy guys can't even cr- crack the top 10, which seems unfair, but yeah. <sighs> uh, we want to make this. If, yeah. Like that's the thing is like, man, to, 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 to make this better, we need to have supporting role, not uh, recognition, mm-hmm. and we need to divide the actors into comedy and non-comedy. Um, yeah, but I, 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 yeah, I don't know. That's this is already a lot of work. <laughs> so, any anybody I mean, in the top twenty that's a travesty, and then we can, if not, we can move <laughs> to the top ten. Uh, anything I would move around here, just like obviously. I don't know. I kind of no. like this doesn't like I, I kind of want to manu- I, I I think that I could be talked into moving Sylvia Orlando below West Chatham and then move Chatham over Jonathan to get to get Amos in the top 10. <laughs> but you I just don't. want Amos in the top 10. Um, hey, hey, you said that, not me. Uh, <laughs> Man, I, I think Jonathan Majors might be getting sold short here, which is unfortunate um, because he does do good work and he does it along Michael K. Williams, who is way higher on this list. Yeah, it just sucks. And to bump this was, Jonathan this was Majors Amos's, from the top 10 to get Amos on there, I just don't feel this it's is fair. Amos' season. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't want to. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to manipulate this any more than my emotions already are. Uh. Okay, so I think there's a grave injustice being done to Carl Urban because Glenn Turman is a supporting character. I don't know that he rises any higher than that. Okay, Um, here's the thing. You're thinking of about three scenes that he had in this whole season, and that's about as many fucking badass scenes that Glenn had. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) well, well, hold on. There's there's a line about uh, and there's like a one tickling the taint there or something. (laughs) He's the the way he delivers a, a line, man. No, he's Glenn's like very. But that, not that, that's very f- hilarious. But like, you know, Glenn like carried like a whole five minute one shot. Oh yeah, uh, monologue scene where Butcher just cocks his eyebrow and grins ferociously, and or has his uh, mm-hmm. a, a particular vein Urban has on his forehead <laughs> that pops out when you know he means business. Um, it's yeah, that I don't know. Those, those that's moments a- where he's like just so cool just like he's threatening a guy in his own house talking about killing his family and he's just smiling and sipping tea that's that 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 big sip of tea is like such a fucking reaction gif you know oh yeah um i don't know i have a hard time putting him over glenn but also i I, I can see the argument too the other injustice is jude law is dominating this category and i don't feel like he would be allowed two entries in any other award show. Are we the award show that so? allows unlimited entries? Has that ever happened? I don't know. I would like to know if anybody has ever been nominated twice for two different roles in the same award show. Huh? 
Though the Academy rules specifically state actors cannot be nominated twice within the same category, they can be nominated for Best Supporting Actor and Best Actor in the same year. Kate Blanchett was previously the most recent actress to achieve this rare feat. And I guess that happened to Scarlett Johansson recently, too. So would you argue that oh, in twenty twenty she was in, she was in Jojo Rabbit and also Marriage Story. So which I one of those think is supporting? Both, I haven't seen uh, Marriage Story. Jojo Rabbit would have to be the supporting role, right? Because she's not the star. I guess. Yeah, she doesn't come in until Marriage pretty late. Marriage Story. She is like it's it's her and your brother in that role, right? Yeah, Adam Driver. Uh, yeah. Uh, would you argue that Jude Law as the young pope is a supporting role? Yes, but we don't have those categories. So I kind of think you've got a point that we should eliminate. You should we should only let Jude be. Now that's 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 not the same as the Mega Baldies, where it's like you know you had you had right. a show that would dominated a category for yeah, yeah that's that's different. But for Baldies purposes, I could kind of get talked into. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. I can't think of a no. time it's ever happened before. This might Most be the first time. Can, calendars are busy enough that they can maybe have a movie and a TV show and. One's usually the one worth watching. Um, this is kind of a aberration. What do you think? I I think the new Pope is the the role, and the third day, oh, damn, needs to get 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 bollocksed. Oh, <laughs> uh, is the third day really not going to get any more recognition than biggest surprise? That's a shame. You haven't even you haven't even seen half of it. It's true. I I never got around to watching the second half because Jude Law's not in it. I watched that show because sure? Jude Law was in it. Yeah, that's that's why I watched it too. And I felt I also I never felt like anything was missing. I felt that was a fully contained thing that yeah. was awesome and cool and crazy and like I can't imagine what a whole other story was going to bring to it. But maybe I should right. I should probably it's only three more hours. I should, yeah, I, should I mean the real story seems to be like the island, right, and the the religion. The the sinners on that island. So maybe there is another layer to that that they can bring with yeah. three more episodes. But I don't know. Uh, so I, I we disappear him. That's a shame. That's a real shame. Uh, okay. Jude Law's supporting role is going to get nominated. Hey, West Chatham got in with no. With, <laughs> hold on, with, hold with on. We can find. I I'm suddenly Chris Rock's looking pretty good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, with the, and then we're just following Oscar <laughs> rules, baby. You know, yeah, you can't blame us. Blame the Oscars. You, you gotta, you gotta pick a fake award show to model yourself off of, and why not the, why not the Oscars? I have a very strong opinion that we've rearranged Good. these here. Let, let me, let me throw this out here. I like it when you have strong opinions and see how this feels. I for for people listening uh, to this, I just moved Jude Law to third below Anthony Starr as Homelander, Michael K. Williams as Montrose Freeman. Can we unironically say Anthony Starr as Homelander is the best thing on television this year? I feel pretty strongly defensible that one of the two guys that I just put a one and two are the best performance of the year for male actors. Because I actually think there are better, <laughs> shockingly, there are better female performances um, in yeah. Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't know. That's, that's how my list would shake out. 
Um, and this is uh, that kind of feels weird that like the psychopath Superman from the, you know, comic book deconstruction. But, you know, this is the Baldies. This isn't like some self-serious award show. <laughs> right. Even though we're consulting the rules of the Oscars. I guess we should have done the other thing we never addressed is like the people that didn't make the cut. Like there isn't you're not getting Mandalorian on here. Yeah. Would anybody argue because, that Mandalorian needs to be on here? No, I'm just saying, like, I bet there's some people who are going to ask, like, what about Mandalorian? What about The Walking Dead? What about, I, don't know, I just like. The Walking Dead? Hey, there's some good stuff on The Walking Dead this year. We don't know. We haven't seen it. Uh, oh, that's true. That yeah, we've seen right, season yeah. nine. That's true. Uh, so I, I don't, yeah, I mean, gosh. I have a hard time arguing that anybody was better than Anthony Starr because that is. I don't, he seems built for that role. He seems absolutely perfect. Um, like I said, I can't I, imagine I, anyone doing this. He plays a moral step or two to the good on Banshee, but like he he's Banshee is incredible. And a lot of the, the, you know, a lot of the st- same energy he brought that, that same ferocity and kind of insanity, but like a slightly morally good character um is paying off in spades and that's the other thing is they tell him he, he plays as all america have you seen this guy talk this guy's the aussiest aussie that ever you know rode off on a kangaroo oh this, well that just seals the deal man he you, you can't compare that carl not- urban with his his cockney his cockney <laughs> zealand accent cock cock new zealand that's cock what he's new doing zealand. cock new zealand uh, accent yeah no he's uh he do, he's doing amazing and also he's like by all accounts is really sunny cheerful guy like mm-hmm. he's kind of like um you know uh, uh Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine like the, Hugh Jackman wants to dance and sing he doesn't want to pop out adamantian <laughs> claws and schnick schnack motherfuckers right yeah yeah like it's kind of like even more amazing that by all accounts this guy is like a as a as a real sweetheart uh you know he, he's more croc- crocodile hunter than than all American neo Nazi light, uh, and and he's but he sells it, you know. Yeah, um, he sells absolutely everything about it. As does Michael K. Williams. As does Jude Law, Clint Thurman, Carl Urban, like all these they're guys. All weirdo characters, man. Like that's like yeah. like these are particular perf- roles, you know, mm-hmm. psychotic, uh, proto fascist Superman, uh, hyper masculine gay black man in the 50s uh a young pope <laughs> right <laughs> who might be actually jesus christ who actually might be the second coming of jesus christ could be uh and then you get like you know then you got you know dr senator is like um you know one spectrum removed of michael k williams performance carl urban is uh mostly Anthony Starr's performance as Homelander, but you take minus the superpowers and, and the uh, overt fascism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, you know what? That's, I think I am going to make, I think I do support Homelander being the number one spot. Okay. Um, how, how do we feel about the top five? Is that properly ordered? Because I think these are going to be our top five will be our nominees in the actual category, right? 
Yeah. And I guess the other thing is that there were no flawless dramas this year. I felt like very strongly that you didn't have like, you know, one that just like got all the oxygen or all the like it because of the. Yeah production sh- cutting a lot of the stuff down and scaling stuff back and f- making projects be shelved. It's really noticeable in the movie category, but it also uh, hurt the TV category a bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, oh, I, I think you're the top five look good. Anybody who we're just obviously overlooking here. Exactly. I, I, like I can make an argument. Ethan shafted still, but like, uh, maybe, but I, I think you can, you, I can make an argument for Ethan Hawke being in the top five, but like, it's only one and a half. It's only like, uh, a half a baldy because it's just me. Right. I so seen I have it. a hard time pushing for that. Um, yeah, <sighs> I guess I'm, I guess I'm cool with this. Okay. And Anthony Starr is Homelander wins this. I mean damn you're, you're you're the kingmaker here jim i just i liked it man everything about it it was exactly what it needed to be you're not wrong all right that's the category uh for the people out there listening we finally landed on uh from from f- uh, five to one carl urban is billy butcher the boys season two glenn Turman is dr senator in fargo season four jude law is young pope in the new pope Michael K. Williams is Montrose Freeman in Lovecraft Country and the winner of this category, Anthony Starr as Homelander in The Boys Season 2. Congratulations to us. Another category in the bag.